The question was, our backup admin's dead. No, not our backup admin's dead. Poor backup admin. <laughs> Here lies the soul of a backup admin. He struggled with tape, but it caught the best of him. You could restore it all. And rescue me from Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm W. Curtis Preston, your host, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Prasanna? Pretty good, Curtis. How you doing? Did you miss me last week? I did. You should tell the folks about how Barcelona was. Well, it was, yeah, I was in Barcelona for VMworld, the world of the VMs. And, you know, it's it's a beautiful time to be in Barcelona because it is fall. So it's, you know, it's there was not a moment that was hot in any way and there was also not a moment where it was cold do they have seasons oh they definitely have seasons i personally have never been to spain so yeah so sad so sad i know did you do anything fun i did lots of things fun i of course well i brought my wife along with me this time which i've never done and i um we went to you know la sagrada familia of course which is the the giant church we did the park way which is the massive part there's and she she did a couple things by herself you know when i was VM worlding and uh and of course ate tapas and sangria all the time all tapas all the time <laughs> now now here's the thing now that you're back are you do you think that you will be spoiled and never be able to enjoy tapas and sangria in san diego ever again no i think i think i mean there's definitely some tapas that they have over there that are um like top notch and you can't you know you really can't replicate those here any more than the same thing happens to me when I go to France with French food, when I go to New Orleans with New Orleans food. You can still have some good stuff, but it really does just make you sort of homesick's the wrong word, but <laughs> away sick, right? Um, and yeah. I did learn, I did learn one big thing though this trip, and that is about sangria. I I just had always thought that sangria was wine with basically fruit juice that it was essentially like like and you a, just let and you let it kind of sit overnight with some like yeah, pieces of yeah, apples I, and oranges I, I, I had no idea that it's actually a bunch of liquors um i watched them i was just sitting there at the bar and i was i was like is he making a sangria you know as a as a bartender and he's making this big sangria and then i said what you know what is that you made and he's like it's sangria and i'm like but you put four other bottles of liquor in there than than the wine and he goes well yeah any good sangria has and he's naming off these you know combination of you know hard liquors and liqueurs and he you know he just said that what kind of liqueurs and liquors are going to go in there is based on the kind of sangria that you make and of course my favorite sangria is sangria de cava which is the sangria made with cava which is their version of champagne uh, which is made, Cava is made mm. in the Catalan region, uh, uh, which Barcelona is. And, uh, you know, it's basically like Cava is to Barcelona what Champagne is to Champagne, France. And um, and so uh, Cham- uh, Sangria de Cava is, it looks like sort of a orange punch. 
as opposed to a fruit punch that you would tip, you know, like, mm. like, like high C doesn't look like, you yeah. know, it's sort of a, sort of an orangey look at me. <laughs> I hope it doesn't look like high C. And it's just really yummy and also, you know, plastery. Oh yeah. I definitely, I dangerous. probably, if you add it up over the 10 days I was there, I'm going to say I drank at least five pitchers of sangria. <laughs> over um and because my wife my (laughs) wife is an easy drunk she'll have like one glass and she's good and then i'm like but we ordered a pitcher (laughs) and so 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 i i can see how this plays out so it's like you're sitting down with your wife and it's like honey what would you like to drink tonight she'll be like sangria it's like okay one pitcher for the table yes one pitcher it's like what do i do with this curtis and the answer is always i shall drink it Um, and, uh, amazingly with all of the, I'm in the process right now of trying to lose some weight. And amazingly, I lost two pounds while I was in Barcelona, which was But I think some of that is also just like walking around. I did. Yeah. I did a ton of walking. I, I averaged, I think like 15,000 steps a day, (laughs) which is just great. You know, not, not my usual. Yeah. I did want to mention that although Prasada and I are Druva employees, this is not a Druva podcast and the opinions that you hear are our own. And then also I want to invite you to join the podcast. If you'd like to be on the podcast, um, talk about your backups, your backups you wish you had, backups you used to have, funny stories, bad stories, just whatever, anything data protection related, archives, you know, anything that, you know, tape drives, whatever floats your boat. We want to have you on. So just DM me at WC Preston on Twitter, or you can email me at wcurtispreston at gmail.com and we can get you on here. That, that's, that's what we yes, want, right? Please come join us. Please join us. come join, join us. us. We're, tired, we're tired of talking to each other. <laughs> I love talking to you, Curtis. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's it's fun talking about my favorite subject. So sangria? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I you know, I started out as a you know, as a backup person. And I think a lot of people get their job as, you know, the backup person because it's the job that um, you know, nobody wants, right? Uh and so as soon as you get a little seniority, you pass this off to the new guy. And, and before you get there though, sorry. Because a lot of people may not actually understand what a backup admin does, other than the fact that, hey, there is someone who's doing backups. But really, what does a newbie or a backup admin do? That's a great question. I'd say there's there's a few different things. If you're handed an operational backup system, the main thing you're responsible with is just monitoring the backup system and making sure that the backups that are supposed to be running do indeed run, troubleshooting. Nothing, Nothing ever, ever fails, fails, right? Yeah. Um, you know, lo- troubleshooting those failures, you, you know, possibly either, you know, depending on what type of media you're using, you might be responsible for taking tapes out, you know, boxing those tapes, handing them to a, you know, a man in the van. And you might be responsible for deleting some old backups off of your, you know, favorite target dedupe array, right? So you're, you're responsible for space management of all that storage. Um, and, and really like of these tasks or of your day, how much time did you spend doing I, these uh, tasks? The last time I was the person, uh, I had, it was a large company. I had a team of, I don't know, like 10 people that at any given moment, there were three of us on, you know, available. And we, we did that for 24 hours a day. Literally, that was what we did. 
right? But that was, uh, but I think that's, and it's kind of the point of this podcast is, I think that's a thing of the past, right? And by the way, I mentioned, and you know, I was about to mention restores, right? So obviously you, you respond to restore requests when they come in and things like that. Um, but what happens is as a backup admin, you, you spend all that time sort of doing the operational stuff and maybe some occasional firefighting or maybe some constant firefighting, depending on how bad your backup system is. And you don't get a chance to redesign things and to tweak things and to improve the performance or improve the reliability of the system. And that's some, that's a task that you should also be doing, but that also often goes undone. Right. And so we, you're basically trying to keep the water out of the boat yeah, exactly. as the boat exactly. is sailing across and, the Atlantic And everybody's fighting against you because they keep buying more systems and they keep buying systems that are trying to do things that are fighting the laws of physics, right? I, I remember the first time I, I got what at that time was a gigantic server. You want to know how big it was? 10 gigabytes. It was it was 100 gigabytes. And and it was huge, right? And and it had a, it had a, a DDS drive. So uh, it had a four gigabyte uh, tape drive and the server itself was 100 gigabytes. And I, I just like, uh, you know, exactly what am I going to swap tapes 25 times? Like, uh, what, what, how exactly is that going to work? Right. So they, they keep doing things like that to you. Um, yeah. So it, it's a, it's a big job, but I think mm-hmm. the job has gotten, um, in some ways easier than it was back when I was doing things. I mean, I was literally, literally fighting tape drives, right? I, I had tape drives that were, it seemed they were actively, um, they were, they were actively working against me, right? I, I had I had tape drives that were good at writing but not reading. I had tape drives that I could write it in in drive A, and I would take the same tape and go over to drive B, and it wouldn't read the tapes from drive A, even though it was the same drive type, but the heads were slightly misaligned. So, you know, that stuff I think is gone. Right. We have much more reliable tape drives, and we and then you when you add in the disc apps aspect, we have much a disc as a I think as a, as an ongoing system is a much more reliable and much more, much easier to performance tune. Right. You, you, and also manage, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's easy to manage the capacity of it. And it's easy to manage the performance of it and the reliability of it. And it's, it comes with RAID. So, or, or something like RAID, like uh, erasure coding. And so you don't have, you know, back then, if you lost a tape, you probably lost a backup because it was only, there's only one copy right on that tape. Um, and now if you lose a piece of media, right, which would be a disk drive, you don't lose a backup because you, uh, you're striping that across, you know, a bunch of uh, tape drives or I'm sorry, a bunch of disk drives. So in some senses, uh, backup has gotten easier than it was 20 years ago and others, it, but it's not like complexity has gone away, right? So you, with the introduction of... In fact, I would ahead. actually claim as enterprises are growing and as environments are getting mm-hmm. more complex with virtualization, custom applications, databases, et cetera, it's actually getting yeah. worse, right? And more Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is depending on, you know, if you've ever had any experience in the backup space, some people look at backups and say, well, how hard could this be? You copy some stuff from A to B. You just take yeah. bits from this source and put yeah. it in that source, and you don't actually carry it over, but you have something else to send the data over. But it, you know, when you do things like virtualization, where 
the matrix changes and you can no longer do backups the way you've been doing them, right? So with, with the server, you know, we always backed up from the server level. And then when we, when we put, you know, 20 servers inside one server, suddenly the way we did backups didn't work anymore and backups just broke. And so virtualization, you had to change. And I think today, what's happening today is this proliferation of data all over the place where you've got data in the cloud, you got data in SaaS apps, you got data in VMs, and you've got data in containers. We're going to talk more about containers in, in another show um, because that is, I, uh, my one prediction is that containers are going to blow this up. You know what I mean? Like, like way worse than VMware oh, yeah. blew up backups. Just in terms of the sprawl that you can get and the dependencies yeah. across various components in an environment. But like you said, we will save that for yeah, a different, for a different podcast. podcast. But, but, but this is all to just sort of agree with you that it, it's not getting easier. It's getting more complex. But this, uh, there's another trend that's happening in, in IT, and that is the despecialization of IT. And so there is a, a thinking, whether it's true or not, there's a thinking that we need to not have specialists, right? In the case of backup, especially in the days of tape, you really had to specialize because there were things that made absolutely no sense or they only made sense to someone who really understood how tape drives work, right? Um, things like we can actually make the backups faster by using fewer tape drives. That makes absolutely no sense to anyone other than somebody that understands the, the depths of that world. Which we talked about. We did. We did. We had a, we had a tape is not dead episode. I think we, we talked about tape a couple of times, but that's, a, but that's the kind of thing that you only know if you're a specialist. I, I'd, I'd say while backups have gotten more complicated, um, I, I don't know if it's, if it requires a degree of specialization that it did back in the, in the, in the tape days. And, and of course, tape's not gone. There's still like half the world is still using it. So some of the some of the listeners are like, what does he mean back in the tape days? The tape days are now. Like I'm still using tape to get my backups offsite. But there is that spreading out of the data, right? Of the, you know, the whole thing that, you know, the data center is no longer the center of your data. So what, if you're a, I, I am really curious, if you are a dedicated backup admin and you're listening to this show, like if that's your job, 24 by seven, or at least, you know, eight by five, if that's your job, I want to hear from you. I want to know what it's like to be a dedicated backup admin in today's world. Or uh, I'm also curious for those of you where backups is, uh, you know, a collateral duty that you're a DBA or you're an SA or you're a network admin or I don't know, or you're a storage admin or you're the janitor and they gave you backups. I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see what that's like in today's world. And and I think the other thing, though, Curtis, is as these other lines of business admins are also getting involved with backup and protecting their own data, how does a backup admin now start to get involved in that process? Because to be honest, right, a database admin may not understand how long they should retain data, what is a corporate policy. They only really know I need to protect my database in case something happened and I need to restore my data. You're touching that... I think I want to add that to the list of topics that I want to cover. And that is who should be responsible for the backups, right? Uh, because this is, this is a long running yeah. thing. But I think though the point was around how do, as a backup admin, I think people need your expertise still, 
<laughs> right? It's not like, hey, we have all these new things that I'm now doing on my own. Right. I don't even need to worry about what happened in the past, right? That is still relevant and useful. And so now the question becomes, as a backup admin, how do I spend less time on all those tasks that you talked about at the very beginning, where I probably spend almost my entire day on? And how do I actually now start to influence my business, start talking to these other lines of business, these other app admins, to get them to understand, really, when you're thinking about backup, this is what I would do based on my 10, 15 years of experience in this space. Right. So you want to be able to talk to them about things like RPO and RTO. You want to talk to them about retention periods. You want to talk to them about the concept of the three to one rule. Three to one rule. I was actually just going to say, are you going to bring up the three <laughs> of two one rule? I'm going to bring this. up the three to one rule. We should just name this pod. We, you know what? If I could go back, I think I would just name this podcast three two one, and then uh, let people figure <laughs> out what that means. Uh, you know, it, because n- not not all of these are immediately. You know, they don't immediately make sense to everybody. So you can. One of the things that a backup admin can do is work up, um, you know, work up the the food chain and start being a, an advisor to these other business units, like you're saying, right? These other people that are responsible for backups. And then the other thing is also with when we talk about people that aren't necessarily responsible for making backups happen, but they are stakeholders you can also act as a consultant to stakeholders to help them understand concepts like RPO and RTO and and cost and work with the business units to help develop an RPO and an RTO. Because in the end, those are the only two things that actually matter, right? All the other stuff, yep. as long as you can satisfy an RPO and RTO of X, whatever X is, whatever you've agreed to as a company, then the, everything else doesn't matter. Um, you know, how you make that happen doesn't matter as long as you make that happen. And it, and it's different for every business. It's different for every business unit within your business. There are business units that will pay a billion dollars to not lose one minute of data. I worked with a paper company that actually they were paper mills and they, you know, they, they actually created paper. And we were talking about the computers that were in these factories and they basically said, you know, if these things go down, like we can keep making paper for like a month before anybody even notices. So their their RTO was a month, which was <laughs> super easy to meet, right? <laughs> yeah. Like to store it on tape somewhere, it doesn't matter. I'll be able to get it back within a month. So that that's one thing is to is to work with these other business units to make sure that your company, that you're advising all of the different parts of your company to make sure that you're meeting the business needs that backup and recovery and archive are all just because none of this matters. It's just a function of the business, right? You are, you are serving a business function. So act as an advisory capacity to, to make sure that you're, you're serving that business function well. And, and also I would say marketing. And here's where I'm going to talk about Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know about Popeye's chicken sandwich, right? Yep. Okay. I saw, I read about a stabbing recently. Yeah. So I recently finally got a Popeye's chicken sandwich and I was underwhelmed because of how the service was delivered. Uh, I'm not going to go into, I'm actually going to write a blog post about this, but it basically the the, the sandwich I got was not so hot and was a little 
like soggy, not soggy, but not, it was not crisp. That's disappointing, you know, especially after such yeah. being yeah. hyped and talked about it. Yeah. But it had to do with, with how they delivered service. And I was thinking about this, this, this sort of battle between marketing and reality. And when you have a service that you're delivering to the rest of the company, A, you need to participate in marketing of that service. So not only are you actively working with these, um, these companies to define things like RTO and RPO, your job is to continually go back to them and, and, and create that feedback loop and to make sure that they know what you've done for them, right? Remind them of the, you know, the, if you don't have restore, if you don't have regular restores, make some up meaning go do test restores. And so every month you can say, listen, you know, for your department, we did, a, you know, 1500 backups and we did, uh, you know, one test restore a week of XYZ thing. And, and that's what we've done this, this month. And so what you're doing is you're continually, you're, 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 you're both marketing your service in terms of sort of selling your service to the people that you're delivering it to. And at the same time, you're creating this feedback loop so that you can say, this is what you're actually getting. And this is why I was thinking about that, that chicken sandwich, right? That you can, that they can, they can actually <laughs> taste your backups. <laughs> well, it's kind of like validating the value yeah. of what you say, right? Yeah. Because the one thing that's true about backups is that they right. don't remember the thousands of backups that you got right. They only remember the one restore you got wrong. Yes. And that will make or break your career. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, it'll be what's what we call a CLM. You know what that is, right? Compelling event. Career limiting move. Right. Uh, there's a career limiting move. And then there's also the, the concept of a, of an RPE. It's called a resume producing event. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you want to make sure that you're actively doing all of the things and, and closing all of the loops, closing all the feedback loops and all that. Yeah. So, so here's a question since you've been as a backup admin before, and you're talking about marketing as well as a feedback loop. How do you propose for, like, what are some of the examples you would say around the marketing side of things and the way they should approach or who they should even talk to? For instance, should they go to the CIO? Should they go to? I think that for each business unit, you should identify a stakeholder. And that's the person, one of the people to which you should be communicating. You should obviously be communicating to your boss, whoever that is, right? Um, and then you know, it's, it's an, this is an email thing or a web page thing, or it's Slack or it's what, whatever system you're using, just make sure you use it consistently and that your boss and equally importantly, the stakeholder in each business unit, right? So if you have a stakeholder in finance who has raised their hand and said, I am the one who's going to, you know, look out after the backup system for all things finance, you send the report to that person once a week including any exceptions and things that you did to rectify situations. And you also send it to your boss. And and you and you don't just send an email, right? This is not about barraging them with email. Have an actual meeting with them, say, once a month. And if once a month is too much, maybe once a quarter. Whatever, whatever works for your environment, but make sure that person knows your face. Put your face to the backup system and m remind them of like, okay, these are the RTOs that you specified. Here's our tests that show that we're currently able, able to or not able to meet the RTOs. Be the one to notify them if things are going poorly and you're not going to be able to meet the RTOs, right? I remember when, uh, you mm. know, when, th like, for example, with that, that 100 gigabyte server with the two gigabyte drive, you know, I remember being the one that brought that up. <laughs> and I was like, guys, this is not going to work, right? Um, you know, we're not going to be able to to do that. 
and to to be that one who's continually bringing up data protection and making sure the stuff is doing and and don't feel like if you see that there if if you see the train wreck coming up and you you need to be the one to point out guys we as a business have agreed that XYZ come you know XYZ business unit has an RTO and an RPO of 4 hours and 4 hours and we can't come anywhere near that RPO and RTO right currently you know currently we can do 72 hours and mm-hmm. 18 hours make sure you're the one that's bringing it up now multiple times in writing and in meetings and in PowerPoint and whatever however you need to do it so that if and when a recovery scenario happens and it you know, blows through the RPO and RTO, you, you know, you don't end up getting fired for that. Right. Cause you're like, yeah, well, and I think especially you are the expert, you have the experience dealing with this. So you should be able to translate their ass and come back and say, Hey, this is not reasonable. This doesn't make any sense. Or, Hey, I need X amount more resources in order to be able to really meet what you're looking to do. I, I think another podcast that we should do is this concept of presenting to the business, right? To, because that presenting word, I think, well, I don't think, I know terrifies a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, that, that public speaking is the number one fear of most people? That is a well-acknowledged statistic. I am not surprised. Yeah. You know what what the number two fear is of people? I'm not making this up. This is not a joke. The number two fear of people is death. Number one fear is public speaking, which means that at a funeral, they would rather be the guy in the coffin than the one giving the eulogy. We should have another podcast that just talks about you know, how to, how to get better at presenting to, because I, I think as we're talking about this and giving these recommendations, I think some people are, their, their stomachs are turning all in knots and they're, they're getting scared. Oh yeah. And they're like, or I think it's also one of those things where it's, do you provide an example or even just guidance on how to approach this? Because it couldn't seem very daunting. It's like, Hey, I've never talked to anyone else really in this space. And how am I supposed to now convince them that yeah. backup is important and data protection is important? Uh, I want to talk about how some backup products and services are starting to help companies do more with their backup data, more than just backup and hold on to it and never restore it or occasionally restore it. And, and so that is another area where you can get to know the particular backup product or service that you're using, and then look at the various other ways that they're able to, um, do more with your data and then market those ideas within the company. It's like, Hey, I've been, I've been looking at Druva and they came out with this new feature, let's say Splunk integration, right? Which was something we just announced. You should be up on that. And then you should go talk to the people that you're using, you know, that are using Splunk in your organization and, and figure out a way to integrate that. Right. And there will be more, you know, many more examples like that for, for modern day backup products, I think there that is a, a new thing. And so it's your job to be that expert and then um, market that idea within the company. So for sure. The question was, are backup admins dead? No, not our backup admins dead. Poor backup admin. <laughs> Here lies the soul of a backup admin. He struggled with tape, but it caught the best of him. Uh yeah, so I don't think the admins are dead. I don't think they're obsolete. I think their job you know, can change that they can maybe do a little bit less firefighting, a little bit less performance tuning and more marketing of the system within the company. And also making sure that the, that what backup is doing is aligned with the 
business functions of the company. Yeah, because one of the, uh, and I'll just say that, you know, back when I was a backup consultant, one of the most common questions I would get is, what should my retention be, right? And I'm like, I don't know. What do what does your business want the retention to be, right? I have no idea what retention should be for your business, right? It, it this, this should be a, it should be a function of how your company works and what it's going to do with the data, right? So that's your job is to create that feedback loop. Any final thoughts? I would say also just because where we started is there are a lot of newer backup products which simplify the backup admin's life. So you're spending less time managing the infrastructure, doing capacity planning, and that'll naturally free up time for you to go talk and work with the other lines of business, the people in your organization, and actually add more value. So you start to grow and become more valuable in the organization. So so take a look at those products because they will help simplify your life and let you bring more value to the company. Yeah, perhaps if you're spending all your time firefighting, perhaps the problem is indeed your backup system and maybe something new might have you spend a little bit less time firefighting, a little bit more time yes. advising. Don't make yourself obsolete. Don't make yourself obsolete. And with that, I want to thank uh, thank you, Persona, for a lovely discussion as always. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe so that you can always restore it all. Isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit.
just for once it'll be completely done maybe one day